Hey there. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive, mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. everyone welcome back to the podcast i'm so excited for you guys to listen today we have a great interview with dr Lindsay matthews and she does a lot of things but we mostly talk about um, the organization and movement she started and founded which is called birth fit and so birth fit her mission is just to empower women to have a better preconception pregnancy fourth trimester experience and to be empowered with knowledge and how to go through that motherhood transition in an easier way. Yeah, I thought this was great. I love that she focused so much on, I don't know if it's necessarily she focused so much, but I know a good portion of your interview that I really liked was all about postpartum Mm -hmm. and just, you know, the amount of time to give yourself, the amount of you know, like what movement and just like, I don't know, I just liked her viewpoint on it. Yeah, well, and I think it's so, you know, like anything in like modern medicine today, we're just not, most practitioners are not very well, you know, versed in like prevention and looking at things holistically. Yeah. And so usually it's like you go in for a six week follow up after giving birth and it's like, okay, you're good to exercise. And it's like yeah. how many women I see all the time that literally like 15 years later after having a baby still have urinary leakage and like all these issues and their core yeah. like does not fire. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. And so I love that like they have online programs you can do, uh, you yeah. know, like exercises to help just like getting yourself back into balance. But I also thought some of the statistics she gave I was blown away by like crazy 75% first time mothers in the US are induced I know that That, was that is you know as as like unbelievable as it is I just know even from all of like my family and friends who have been like given birth in the last like couple of years it there are a lot of inductions I mean it's like no you can't you shouldn't go this far past your due date or well, I mean, if you're at like 38 weeks, they want to schedule it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we need to put you on the schedule now because blah, blah. And I feel like that just plays with your mindset of like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to get induced, you know? It's like so yeah. nuts. I really liked too how she went to so many births. I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I know she's, she's a doula, doula too. So yeah, yeah she's but like. But just even getting involved in all of that to understand you know, the movement piece better and what the women are going through. It just seems like it's a, it's like a complete whole approach to it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys enjoy this interview, take notes or listen to it multiple times because there's so many goodies in here and please pass it along to any friends or family members you have that are currently in that phase. So enjoy. 
All right, guys, Dr. Abby here, and I am so happy to welcome Lindsay Matthews on our podcast today. So I will intro her and then we'll get started. So Lindsay is a doctor of chiropractic, birth doula, NLP practitioner, and strength and conditioning coach. Born and raised in Texas, she currently calls Austin, Texas home. Lindsay started BirthFit in 2011 as a blog with a deep desire to support and educate women throughout the motherhood transition. BirthFit started expanding in 2014 and since then has doubled in size each year. BirthFit is a movement. Lindsay is a passionate believer in magic and love, views every obstacle as an opportunity to learn, and is a woman in pursuit of truth through food, travel, and relationships. Lindsay's core values are respect, growth, freedom, connection, and love. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Wow, thank you for having me. Of course. So kind of a fun thing, we start out every episode with asking you a couple questions. Okay. So since the name of our podcast is Coffee with the Docs, we always love to ask the people we're interviewing, what are you drinking? Oh, like what's my coffee of choice? Yeah, or drink doesn't even have to be coffee, but like what's your latest? Well, right now I'm currently drinking tea because it's like 3.40 in the afternoon, like caffeine-free tea. Right. Um, But yeah, you know what's funny is people always ask me, what's your coffee drink? And it depends on the actual like time of the day right and maybe what kind of stuff I need to get done yeah Um, so yeah if I'm at home and I'm making like a big coffee and I'm about to sit down for like a project two hours let's say an hour like deep dive I'm gonna make a big coffee with grass-fed butter and collagen and maybe some CBD oil nice Um, but then if I Sometimes I'll walk down the street and go to the coffee shop. Um, like I'll roll out of bed, just go for a walk, and that's on my way back. And that I usually just do an Americano. Um, and then in the afternoons, it's like probably in the Cortada, Cortada department. Or um, there's one little spot by my house that makes this um, latte that um the nut milk is made locally here nice it's like it's like nothing i've ever tried before so those are my coffee drinks right now awesome (laughs) well i know you're a coffee person because you have your coffee talk every morning on instagram yeah so funny i'm like wow i kind of am picky right (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) okay so then our other question is what is your latest biohack hmm God, that's tough. Um, Let's see. Well, you know, I don't know if it's, um, it's definitely not my latest, but um, I'll I'll say two things because they've really enhanced my life and that's um, walking Mm -hmm. and um, this freaking mini trampoline that lives in my home office. Nice. Um, Yeah, so I would say those two things because when I fall off, like let's say, I just notice I don't move as much throughout the day. Right. I'm like, okay, I can easily do those two things. I um, love that. Yeah, so they're kind of like constant reminders too. <laughs> Have you noticed a difference in like, I've heard a lot of people use the trampoline to move their lymph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like I feel, I generally feel better when I do it first thing in the morning 
like I'll go and uh, meditate, start the coffee situation, and then I'll come and jump on it for like two minutes, and then I'll have coffee and do some journaling, reading, whatever, and then I'll come and jump on it for like five minutes, and honestly, like gets my blood, gets my, like gets everything flowing, right? So nice to like start the day, and it's like three minutes, like nothing. Totally, I love yeah. that. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, trampoline guys, you heard it here. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like one of those mini tramps, you know, like yeah, you, yeah, you put it on Amazon. Right, that's awesome. Well, so Lindsay, tell me your story. I mean, I've heard it. We met so long ago. I know. <laughs> and it is the craziest thing that like, oh my God, I still haven't like found my way to a birth fit seminar, which is ridiculous. But my goodness, um, I <laughs> met you, I think, I mean, before birth fit was like officially a thing, because I remember yeah, at that seminar, yeah, I was still in school. And I was like, oh, what do you do? You're like, oh, I'm thinking about starting this thing and <laughs> forever ago. And now it's like amazing. Yeah. But yes. I'd love for you to share with our audience, like, how did you land to where you are today? Your story of getting into chiropractic and then more specifically the birth world, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'll try to make a long story not long. Right. Um, <laughs> but um yeah I, i'm a chiropractor i am a current chiropractor um although i don't practice as much as i used to but um the uh the chiropractic philosophy is interesting i just want to touch on this like i believe in it so much and i think that's what resonated with me like when i landed in chiropractic school um i don't know how i became connected with like Dr. Billy DeMoss, right. and it must have been like a lunch and learn or something at school because my school definitely wasn't in the the dead chiropractic society. Right. Um, <laughs> that was not being promoted. No, 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 no. Um, and, you know, somehow there's a group of us that just ended up there, and Chrissy and I would volunteer for things, and, you know, it was, I was so drawn to like the power that made the body heals the body. And, you know, I originally went to chiropractic school. Um, basically, like my intention was to help people, to serve people. And, you know, fine tuning that or like getting a little more specific, it turned into like, um, like sports rehab ish. Mm -hmm. And that's what resonated with me originally as like I blew out my knee, my like tore my ACL, everything in high school. And that's how I found a chiropractor. My um, original orthopedic surgeon was like, you need to be doing chiropractic. You need to be roughing. You need to do acupuncture. Um, and he was like super ahead of his time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's amazing <laughs> for a surgeon to be <laughs> telling you that. an anomaly, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was my original exposure to chiropractic. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And... You know, I it, I went back and forth, like, okay, how do I want to practice? How do, what do I want to do? And long story short, after a few years of working in, um, like, the, the uh, Los Angeles stunt world and, like, the professional athlete world where I got people ready, like, for their biggest stunt, for their competition or whatever – um, and then recovered and then we would do it all over again. And then when they're not competing, we would have regular, um, chiropractic care sessions. But, um, 
yeah, I realized I was like, I don't know if I really love this. Mm. And somehow <laughs> I was exposed to the birth world. And, um, you know, it came from really a client that um, she was in a TV show and she, she had seen me as a Cairo for like two years. She was like, uh, I want to have a baby and I want to get back on set. So I have to have this baby during this time. And um, so it was basically like an athlete telling me I wanted to have a baby, you know, in a certain off season. Right. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> okay, let's figure it out. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, me being super ignorant, naive, um, you know, I was like, okay, let me do some research. Because uh, <laughs> right. we only had one class of this in chiropractic school, and it was kind of mixed with pediatrics. Um, and so we had, I had done Webster, and that fired me up a little bit, you know, because Jeannie Ohm, obviously, like a legend, like, right. let's take time out for that. Um, Absolutely. Oh, man. So, yeah, she got my blood flowing, and then this client came in, and, you know, all the stars kind of aligned for me to be at this client's birth. And, you know, like I said, I was pretty ignorant of the whole process at that time because I grew up standard middle-class American where what I saw of birth was on TV. And, um, you know, it wasn't – I didn't I didn't grow up um, – seeing my mom breastfeed my brother and sister or a sibling um, be born or anything like that. But um, I told this this soon-to-be or this mom, I was like, you know, I think the best, based on my research, I think the best thing for you to do is have a vaginal birth um, unmedicated. Right. And, you know, for, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is the path. you got to take it. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, her also, this is her first baby. Right. She's like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what do we do? And basically we found um, this midwife in LA, thank God, because we were both like, you know, leading the blind down. Right. Down you found path. a true expert. Yeah. And so she coached us up pretty good <laughs> and she's since retired, but um you know, that was really my first experience, and I was, like, blown away, and that was where the blog was born, and um, this was back in, like, 2011, no, yeah, 2011, and, um, you know, then I started, I was like, okay, game over, like, this is the thrill that these professional sports aren't offering me. Right. Um, it's the complete unknown every single time, and so... Anything that had the word pregnancy, birth, postpartum, whatever, if it was a course, I took it. Um, and, you know, I took all the ICPA diplomat courses at uh -huh. the time. I took um, some sacred pregnancy classes. I took innate postpartum healing. Anything that was, like, mainstream in our world and also not mainstream. Right. Because um, I was like, okay, this is information that A, I wasn't taught, and B, everybody should know about. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So it's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to start a little blog. We're going to do this thing. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say, so like... I you... still don't. <laughs> right. So you start this blog with the goal just like to get that information out there, correct? 
Yeah, and me, like, let's say, Lindsay, this was, yeah, t- 2011, um, you know, I was still in my personal evolution and my personal healing, and I think, you know, looking back now, I was, like, kind of in the middle of it, right. and um, and still, like, you can look back and make reason of anything, you know? Right. Um, but it makes sense because one of the things I always did growing up was, you know, be complete rebellion, like be the most rebellious person ever. Like if you said turn left, I was going to turn right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it only makes sense that I was like, oh, you know, middle finger up, let's start this blog. Right. Um, but since then, um, <laughs> I've cleaned up some of the edges and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that brings us to 2019 where you know, it was a blog, then finally, I was like, okay, let's do the business. Like, let's figure this out. Right. Um, and so I cut my like, at the time, I was working in a chiropractic office five days a week. Um, and I was coaching a women's class on Saturdays. And um, my well, now ex Logan and I, we basically started this outside fitness program right. at the time. And so that was where I coached this all women's fitness class. It's crazy to think about now. Um, and then, yeah, formed formed the LLC officially. And um, then I had the first summit. And I was like, is anybody going to come? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there was 12 of us in my backyard at the first summit. And that was like 2013 or 14. I can't remember. 14, I think. Yeah. Um, and I remember, this is crazy, I remember I had $75 in the bank. I was like, oh, shit, this summit better work. Like, right. <laughs> hopefully we all like each other. Because it was the first time any of us were going to meet in person. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, please, like, like, oh, my God. And it was the most magical experience. Like, it's one of those moments I still look back and um, – you know, I remember this on the last, the third day, the last day we were all hanging out, and I was like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in yeah. this moment. Like, this is amazing. And it was cool because everybody else kind of felt the same way. And we were right. like, okay, this is, this is rad. I um, love that. Yeah. But since then, it's grown. We have, um, we have a directory of, I would say, probably over a thousand people now. Um, so there's professionals, there's coaches, and next year, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have a yogi, a yoga program. Um, so yeah, there's anybody and everybody that has taken a birth fit coach or professional seminar listed on the website. Um, right. And it's crazy to think about it. it grew from like 12 to... Over 1,000. Yeah, sitting at 1,000 now. It's amazing. Yeah. So for people listening that aren't sure, could you define like what exactly BirthFit is? <laughs> yeah, it's an enigma. I was uh, like, it's probably kind of hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a movement. It's an idea. It's a way of life. It's um, a style. Like I like to say that too, just because I think um, style and artistic ex- expression is important. Mm-hmm. But um it's 
if I was to give you an elevator speech, it is basically an online and in-person education and empowerment company. And we touch people's lives through our in-person classes, our online programs, podcasts, um, big, like seminar experiences or the summit or like any big birth fit gathering. Um, you know, people that have been to them, they know that it's like, oh, wow, okay, this experience is unlike any other. Right. Um, so, yeah, well, there's different touch points, but many people, um, you know, once they've gone through uh, like a seminar and education, they become a birth fit leader. And um, right now there's regional directors all over the United States that teach our classes and those are really important in-person classes um and you know this is one thing that like oh I was like not even prepared to um to kind of see the the effect of this was um you know our first class our first signature class was the birth fit postpartum series and regional directors teach this all over the country right now Mm -hmm. and this is a four-week series and they meet twice a week, and it's basically um, like a reintroduction to movement and fitness um, before you go to your regularly scheduled workout routines, you know? Right. Um, so it's for that gray area, that transition space. And so everybody teaches, like each regional director teaches this a little differently, which I love because they each add their own flair or their own style. They grab people from the community, um, like for local, um, referrals or just like, um, to kind of meet the community. And so this class, which is only four weeks, twice a week. So they meet eight times. The groups that are formed in this class is just like so far out. Like the, it brings back community where we lost it before, you know? Um, and I think that's, <laughs> I mean, we couldn't have even planned, we couldn't even put that in, we didn't even put that as an in- objective initially, but we've since, you know, added that. But, right. Uh, it's happened anyway. It, like the community and the people, like the women supporting each other and family supporting each other and friendships that develop. And like, I'm looking at, I follow like a ton of um, people from, let's say like my first couple classes mm-hmm. and like they're still friends and their kids are growing up together and oh man, it, it gives you like the the chills on your arms. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's where we're at. <laughs> I love it. So talk to me about like why birth fit was so necessary for people listening that maybe aren't necessarily in the birth world or like you know, natural birth movement, like all that. Why is that a thing that we need so badly? Like what are the pain points in birth in our society today? Oh, there's a bit of them. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, I obviously birth has been happening for quite some time. Um, And I like I would view it as a uh, like a successful process. Right. (laughs) We would not be here. Um, but there's, if you dive into the history of birth in America, it's really interesting and also very dark and um, kind of like not, probably not going to be what you're looking for. Um, 
like the surface level is like the like anime stuff but you go deeper especially when you're looking at um not just birth history but the medical history and things like that in our country and especially the south <coughs> um you'll see kind of where not only like the power that's been taken away from women and um not no women doesn't matter race no women had a seat at the table as right. far as um, making laws and legislation for our company and especially as um birth got moved into the hospital and um the yeah the 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 people in power which just so happened to be like old white men right <laughs> were, uh, Making decisions for birthing women. Decisions for women and their bodies and their babies and, you know, probably definitely without anybody related to them in mind, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's unbelievable. But, um, you know, America spends close to $100 billion a year on birth. Um, And, yeah, it's you know, the last I looked at it was like $98 billion. Um, and we have one of the worst maternal mortality rates and one of the worst infant mortality rates for an industrialized country. Um, we also have a one in three C-section rate, and sometimes, you know, it's really, really high in certain places, in certain hospitals. Um but the World Health Organization recommends a 10 to 15 percent cesarean rate, and we're right. sitting at like a 30, 33, sometimes 40 percent in some places, um, in order for like a species to successfully evolve. Right. Um, the the other thing is, and <clears throat> I don't know, like um, maybe like the general audience of the podcast, but if you like want to geek out on some. Um, just some like biology and human stuff. If you look at us as humans, like as mammals, the, the, um, the most critical period. So the time in which we have the most neurological, um, like the exponential advancements in our neurological system and our socialization and our, in everything is from, conception obviously right from conception to the end of the first year of life and more specifically the socialized branch of our autonomic nervous system because i believe in the polyvagal theory is starting up around that third trimester mm. um, and so there's just so much exponential growth and if you step back and look at it this is the time in which we as a society have greatly poked and prodded and influenced and just like opened the can of worms as far as reaching our hands into a process that we know nothing about. Um, you know, like in this process, we, we have a two thirds induction rate for first time moms. Um, wow. Really? Yes. yes. That's insane. Yes. There's, um, there's tons of, um, cases where women 
did not feel supported, did not have informed consent, did not have advocacy over their bodies. Um, There's a ton of um, women that still will have unassisted births and won't go to the hospital because they're scared of what the system will do. Um, There's like all of this stuff when we spend this much on birth in our country is just like kind of bananas. But like what struck me is as I was reading about um, like the polyvagal theory and all of, let's say, Michelle Odant's work, who's a famous OB-GYN, um, he's French, he's done a ton of research and it's all in the primal data, primal, primal database, I think. Um, but he's looked at, you know, basically every type of birth this period and, um, you know, he feels like if we could just kind of step back and um, let birth happen or let the let a process go off a little more natural or less interrupted and maybe step in when there is an actual issue, right. then, um, you know, we'd be we'd be in a much better place. And um, as far as maternity care in our country. Totally. And, yeah, and I'll, I'll mention one other stat, and this is, um, you know, black women, specifically black women in our country, die at a rate of three to four times, and it might have come out recently that it's four to five times now. Wow. Um, yeah, due to maternal maternal obstacles, issues, postpartum, hemorrhages, things like that, Um Due to things like systemic racism, institutional racism, that kind of stuff, still obviously occurring in our country. Right. So there was a book, and I think oh, I forget where I read this, but um, you know, it had a quote along the lines of, um, you know, when a government prioritizes basically industrial values or reading scripture even over the care and support of mothers and infants, then we have like an issue. We have a problem. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and can you talk a little bit more about the polyvagal theory? Oh yeah. So, okay. If you want to totally jump into this, (laughs) this rabbit hole, right. Steve Porges is the man and his wife actually studies the hormone oxytocin. Um, but Stephen Porges basically discovered this. His, it's a, it's his polyvagal theory, and it's a theory on safety and socialization and attachment. And um, it basically thinks of our autonomic nervous system as this hierarchy, instead of like you know probably I might share my age here, but like when I was in school, I was taught it's you know one or the other fight or flight or rest and digest. Right. Um, but he views that or views this as a hierarchy. So at the bottom is the parasympathetic and the middle is the sympathetics. And then at the top is basically this new branch, the socialized branch, social socialization. Um, and all of this stems from the vagus nerve and, um, cranial nerve 10 and we as humans, as human mammals, um, we, whenever we perceive a threat, 
we rely on our most recent advances um, to help us get through that threat. So our most recent advances would be the socialized branch. And so basically our options are to negotiate or um, that would be like the positive, that 80% we want to stay in, that rest or digest, that euphoria, like that stress-free phase. Right. Um, we would feel safe enough to negotiate. There would be some informed consent there. Um, just all parties would feel supported. Whereas if there's a perceived threat and we're on the other side and that, oh, shit, we got to do something side, like a negative threat, then, um, you know, it might be like slander or yelling or, you know, something along those lines, not informed consent. Um, and so then, like, if that branch doesn't work, then we're going to go down to the sympathetics. And this mm -hmm. is where we can fight or we can run, you know, fight right. or flight. Um, and this is like, this is so powerful to me because it actually like supports, I'm a big believer that, you know, emotions hang, like not only do things manifest physically, but they're in like the emotions are in our body. Like they hang out in our musculoskeletal system, right? The joints everywhere. Um, you probably love Erno, uh, Candace Pert's work. Ooh, a little bit. I need to dive in more. Ah, uh, okay. So you got to read her book, <laughs> Molecules of Emotion. Ah, uh, I will. Because she Wait, talks. Yeah. She oh, was the ahead. one that discovered like ping ponging off Bruce Lipton's work. Ah, that um, emotions are stored on the protein receptors of the cell. Fucking brilliant! Yeah. So yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> okay, we can go down a whole rabbit hole with this, but yeah. <laughs> You gotta look up her um, work. It's super brainy and sciency, but like yeah, she really it. validated, um, like specifically where emotions are yeah. in the body and our cells. It's like so like cool. the actual processes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes, but that's basically the that sympathetics area, and then you know if you can't outrun it or you can't fight it, then it's either like parasympathetic shock shutdown. That's where you're at. Um, so it's, you know, that hierarchy of things. And ideally, like I visualize it as, um, like two, two field goal posts on top of each uh -huh. other, kind of or three. And the top line is the socialization. The middle line is sympathetics. And then the third line is, um, parasympathetics. And ideally we're more on that 80% feel safe side of the, the continuum. Right. As a so like we're only supposed to live our lives, you know, in stress 20% of the time. So we have to like start to change our perception of what we view stress as, how we react to it, creating space between that stimulus and our response. Sure. But yeah, that's the polyvagal theory in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And so um, where it's does so much more? It's so much more. Like that was like a 60 second speech. Right. Oh, and I'm for sure I'll like link to his work and stuff so people can read more about it. Yeah. Um, so, but where does that come into play? Like you were saying with the oh, third trimester. Yes. So um, this is, I like to tell people, this is really where science meets hippie or hippie yeah. meets science, science meets hippie because, you know, we know based on years of like just women passing on stories after stories we know that if you're laboring, movement helps. If you're laboring, 
breathing helps. If yes. you're laboring, sound helps. And so the polyvagal theory, I feel like it's the actual reasoning behind why breath, sound, and movement are our tools. They're the only tools guaranteed for labor. And so when I started reading about the polyvagal theory, I was like, oh my God, this gives this gives reason to like the bullshit I was saying in my head. Like, right, right, right. This, this is actually a thing. Like we have, I tell all my clients this, uh, all my doula clients. I'm like, if I can't make it, if some, if your doctor, if your midwife, if your partner can't make it, I want you to know you have three tools available at all the time and it's breath, sound and movement. Right. And so we start to cultivate basically a relationship for that person in each of those. So each person has to connect and develop a relationship with their breath and with sound and with movement. Mm -hmm. um, and so the easiest place to cultivate those relationships is in the gym or like a movement setting. And then that transfers outside of the gym into daily life. Right. But, uh, That's awesome. I love, I love it. <laughs> okay, sweet. So yeah, I will link to uh, polyvagal theory stuff. And everyone also check out Candace Pert and Bruce Lipton yeah. because uh, you'll love it. It like further validates everything you're talking yeah. about. So tell me, Lindsay, what would your advice be to a woman? I know there's women listening um, to this right now that are either currently pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant soon. Like, what would some of the first things you'd recommend for them be? Ooh, my answer. Every time people ask me this, my answer probably changes. Which is fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I always say, like, at least one of my answers, one of the three I give <laughs> is like, do some personal development work. Um, both of you and, um, just maybe revisit with a therapist, revisit in a group setting, whatever, but start to pay attention, peel back the onion, like of what disturbs your peace. Mm -hmm. Um, and then get really clear on your values as an individual and your values as a couple if you're in a couple. Right. Um, I think those are two really important things that, um, you know, are often overlooked before kids come along or right. before any big transition in life happens, really. Um, so personal development, what disturbs your peace, values, those things. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, budget for your, but not budget for the kid, but budget for your dream birth, prenatal, postpartum experience. And, um, I say that because everyone deserves postpartum care and support. And that's a whole nother tangent that I could go down because- right you know, there's such a lack of respect toward the postpartum period in our country. And I firmly believe that a mandatory two week minimum line in period is needed. And better yet, a 30 day kind of confinement period. Yes. And then be gracious with yourself for the entire year postpartum. Um, I'll say little things to my clients like, hey, like, remember, 
you're postpartum at least as long as you are pregnant. So that's like at least 10 months. For sure. Um, and like you got a budget for that. You got a budget for the care. You got a budget for um, like how you want to feel. And I say like, care and how you want to feel because you may want a massage. You may want a chiropractor to come to your house right after delivery. Um, if you're at home or when you get home from the hospital or whatever. And I guarantee 10 out of 10, maybe 9 out of 10, this is not covered by any kind of insurance. Right, um, right. <laughs> so budget for it because I don't want money to be the reason that um, you're not making your recovery a priority. Right. Because um, when you do that, oh, when you make your recovery and take care of yourself a priority, you're a much better version of yourself for everyone. And that's like, that's a win-win. Um so budgeting, um, let me see, what was my third one? Oh, the third one would be, if you're actually serious about trying to conceive pretty soon, I would do, um, like we have a before the bump program that Brittany Anderson wrote and I did the exercise program in and she studies all kinds of preconception nutrition. She's a nutritional women's health practitioner. Um, and it's like a six-week jumpstart sort of thing. Yeah. And um, it, I would do this at least um, like at the start of three months. Like I would say take at least three months, clean up your diet, get some blood panels, jumpstart. Before start. conceiving. Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. Because um, all your nutrient stores and like the vitamins, any kind of nutrients you have in your body – um, during the first trimester, this is a random, random thing is, you know, how moms are like often nauseated. Um, yes. the cool thing is like, that's supposed to happen. And, um, your body's using the energy stores and the nutrient stores that you've built up for the previous three months. So right. that's why we like, a, Oh, let's just do like a third, th three month jumpstart reset sort of thing totally like boosting your system before yeah and getting to like as a woman getting to know your um, menstrual cycle like the different colors of blood the cervix like position mucus that sort of thing totally yeah. and what would you suggest as far as like birth providers that people could, should kind of have on their birth team mm, that's a great question <laughs> um so I will say, um, I think we're at an interesting space in our country where a lot more people are, um, they know what a midwife is. They might have heard of a doula. They're yeah. like, people are open and the conversation's opening up a lot more. Um, but what I want you to know is maybe not in Alabama, <laughs> but right. in states, you can choose between um, a midwife and an OB-GYN to basically catch your baby. Right. Oops, excuse me. The, um, the midwife is probably going to be in a birth center or, um, a hospital setting, or they can do home births. They kind of have a variety of locations depending on the midwife and depending on like the state and what kind of rules and regulations they have. Right. Um, most OB-GYNs will be in the hospital. Um, there's a few in unique, wonderful situations that will do birth center births or out-of-hospital births, like at home. 
Um, Like Dr. Stu Fishbein in Southern California, he does does home births. And what's really cool is most of his clientele is um, breach or multiples. Wow. He posts this, like his website is Birthing Instincts. And I think it was like a year or two ago, maybe longer. I lose track now. Right. Um, But a year or two ago, he posted like some case studies he was doing. And, you know, his transfer rate is still super low. Right. um, Which is amazing and shows our shows that we could do better as a society. But, um, you know, like things like that are super cool and inspiring. Um, And then, yeah, midwife for OB-GYN. I would pick somebody that would they're basically the quarterback of your team somebody that you feel comfortable comfortable with and you agree or they agree with your birth philosophy um and you enjoy like you have scoped out the birthing location if it's not your home right um i think that's really important the other things i would have would be a doula especially 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 i'll say that a million times if you're a first-time mom um, no matter if you're birthing in the hospital or with midwives, I would have I a doula. I so agree. I'm like, I could not have yeah. made it without a doula. Yeah. Complete like, game changer. Yeah. I This couple just hired me, and they are having their second kid at the birth center. They had their first one at the birth center, uh-huh. but they're like, we didn't have any support. Like, we're hiring a doula for the second one. 100%. Like, y'all are the smartest people. Yes. <laughs> so worth the investment i tell yeah. like patients all the time like if you do one thing do that yeah, totally um yeah and doulas will vary in price depending on um location but i would easily budget at least um 1500 for a doula yeah. um let me see doula chiropractor like go weekly do yourself that favor um pelvic floor PT, what I would do is if you have um, time, like especially if you're in that preconception period, like go to the pelvic floor PT, get a consult, yeah. and then stay in touch, and then come back in for a consult, especially um, once everything's kind of healed postpartum, there's no more bleeding, and it's usually around that um, six to 12 week postpartum period. Um, let me see. Other things I like are acupuncture. I like Mayan abdominal massage or Mercier therapy, depending uh-huh. on. It depends on the, your region who's um, who's actually like represented there. Um, yeah, those are big ones. And then I would add like bonus if um, if you've gone through any trauma, especially sexual abuse or anything along those lines, I would definitely work through. Um, some stuff and it'll probably be like in the first trimester because everything comes out somewhere, somewhere along this birth transition. And sometimes it comes out in labor and yeah, I would try to work through some of some possible triggers or things like that. I think Um, that's such a great point and very overlooked. Yeah. Like, it's For heavy, sure. trust me. Yeah, yeah. but um, you'll be so glad you at least kind of like started addressing it, right? Rather than getting surprised and triggered or whatever, like you were saying, mm-hmm. yeah, during totally. that moment, totally. Yeah. So tell me, how did you 
Because you had this spark as a Cairo, like, I need to start this movement and get that information out there. Like, how did you start? Was it just connecting with these other, like, providers and just grew that way? Yeah, I started with, um, like, more actually um, marketing my chiropractic practice to, Uh I was like, I'm only going to see prenatal and postpartum. And I still had other patients, but I was like, if somebody was like, hey, can I refer my brother? Or I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I only want the Uh, pregnant people. Um, and so basically it was like word of mouth. Um, and I would volunteer, you know, you're at the beginning of a career. I would volunteer for like pro bono cases. I would take doula cases that were like deaf, like a fraction of what I take now. Um, and I said yes a lot more. And I don't think people like, you get through school and you're like so ready to make money, but right. that's when the freaking real learning begins or when you yes. get specific or, you know, like when you're like, Oh, I figured figured out my path. Now I got to do the 10,000 intentional hours. Right. Um, totally. and so I, that's where I started the women's fitness class. And then I hosted my first postpartum series in Deuce, um, or at our gym Deuce, sorry. Um, and that was in Venice. And what's hilarious is um, had this class, and you know it's at our or my ex's gym now um, in Venice, and it's an old garage, an old body shop. And so I was like, I re- this is another case where I was like, I really hope these women show up. And here these women come, you know, with their like five hundred dollars strollers and. Um, you know, maybe wearing the baby and they come walking through the gate of the yard of the gym and you can totally see their faces. They're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> like what am, am I, I doing here with my baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But by the end of the first class, they were like, I can't wait till next time. I'm like, yes, me either. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of networking. It was a lot of putting myself out there. Um, I went to, like I said, I went to every training, every, anything I could go to, I went. Um, And I think the biggest thing for me was actually attending births and being in the, in the arena, if you want to say, with everybody. Um, Because at first, you know, I had this idea like, okay, let's train mind, body and soul for birth. And, you know, I was met by even some of these older midwives who were like, no, you don't lift anything over 20 pounds, you know, or, um, you know, they, or the far super hippy dippy version of like, let's just go out to the woods and have a baby or, um, you know, medical providers that were like, Oh, there's no reason to train or lift weights during pregnancy, you know, just really big misconceptions. Another one I heard was like, fitness makes, makes your pelvic floor too tight and or fitness makes you have diastasis rectus abdominis the ab separation it's like no that stuff happens regardless and it can happen on a male or a female yeah um you can have a tight pelvic floor and never have kids right um you can pee in your pants and never have kids um that's core dysfunction um so just people that have associated it only with pregnancy yeah 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 um so 
I forget when this was. I moved my Cairo. I moved Cairo offices, and I got an office in the birth center on the west side of LA, and then a birth center on the east side. And they were very different birth centers. One was um, run by a CNM, a certified nurse midwife, and the other was run by a CPM, a certified professional midwife. And the CNM obviously is going to be a little more medical. Uh-huh. Um, the CPM, you know, was somebody. Um, I learned a lot about trauma from, um, and which is why, like I said that earlier, um, she is wonderful. Like she, I always told her if I got pregnant, she would be my midwife. Yeah. Um, but two totally different experiences. And, you know, I got to see a ton of clients there. Um, and you know, even be in the office, uh, you know, when people were laboring, I think was really helpful. Um, cause if they didn't have a doula, like, especially early on, I was like, okay, I'll step in for a few hours. Um, but yeah, I think just being a part of the experience and owning that part of my life was really key. Um, cause I, like, I admitted to like in every training, like, I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> and I don't have kids. Like for a minute there, I was like super doubting myself. Right. So I was like, I don't have kids. I don't know if it's in the cards. I don't know if I want them. I don't know blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and then I had this wonderful older woman one time pull me aside and she was like, all these babies I do love, those are who I consider my children. Aww. I was like, oh my God, make me cry. I love that. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. But yeah, it really is like getting out there, connecting, um, and actually following through and being true to my word. Um, like these docs, I would tell them, I was like, no, there's a difference between being too fit or only training in one plane of motion versus a well-rounded, holistic approach to um, strength and conditioning training. And I was like, I can guarantee that I can do the well-rounded, holistic approach. I'm not going to live in the sagittal plane. You right. Know? Totally. Um, and so I think just with them seeing me um, be cons- consistent, follow through, and actually you know, respect them and learn from them. Like docs taught me so much. The midwives taught me so much. The moms I had taught me so much. Um, it was, it was, it's been pretty amazing. Like I had no birth is the same and I still learn stuff. Um, that's why I was like, I can't ever give this up. <laughs> right. Totally. It's never boring. No. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite resources for people? Um, you know, during pregnancy, postpartum, either for the women themselves or, you know, their loved ones? Yes. Um, I'm for sure going to say birthfit.com. Yeah. And I'll even add, okay, so we haven't even touched on, but this is kind of a big topic is um, miscarriage and loss. And that Uh happens like one in three. Uh, First, I'll say that you are postpartum. So take care of your body. Um, and enroll people, whatever you got to do to help take care of your body. And also say like, if you need this, there's a free infant loss plan at the bottom of our like homepage, birthfit.com. Okay. Go there, download it. It's free. You don't, we don't want your email. We don't, you, it's just for you. Um, and yeah, that's a good place. Like if you're like a chiropractor, PT, doula, Whoever, like if you own a birth associated business, like I would just have one of those in your office in case. Totally. 
and you can make a copy like we don't like we want to help people right you want it to get out there yeah yeah um other resources i would say um is like connect within your community because every community is so different and doulas are actually ones that kind of know providers right um so that's kind of like an in-person route and i think that's really important because you know even moving to austin from los angeles like i had to dip my toes in and get wet and you know have some conversations with people like what do you do here for this or what's the common right. practice that sort of thing um but then other things i would say um birth it podcast um that is totally free yes um books i would say um anything by michelle adant um the first 40 days is a wonderful beautiful um book for postpartum as is the mommy plan um the mommy plan i love um this was my first this is like my first book i read that actually focused on healing postpartum and Valerie Lynn is the author, and she lived in Malaysia for a while and basically had, obviously, night and day experiences. And um, in this book, she shares how healing in Malaysia, we could use it here. (laughs) Right. Um, So there's, like, different tips, different recipes, things like that in there. And um, the cool thing is she's coming to our summit next year. Oh, Awesome. Um, yeah, like I love postpartum. Um, yeah, the mommy plan. God, what have I? What else have I read lately? Um, I mean, any of the original books, like the Birth Partner or a Penny Simkin book, a Ina May Gaskin book. Uh-huh. They are chock full of you know legit info. Um, oh, Mama Glow book is pretty good. Um, I like that one because it focuses on. <clears throat> you and finding your internal compass. And I think that really resonates with the birth fit philosophy. Right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Oh, Act- Active birth is also another good book. It's a really easy read. Um, but it was, it's all about using gravity in labor. Um, and I think it's, it's great for any like Cairo PT doula. Totally. It's a super easy read. Nice. Awesome. We will definitely link all of those. Thanks for the recommendations. So tell me, Lindsay, how can someone who's interested get more involved with the birth fit movement? Uh, okay. So we're smack dab in the middle of, um, our transition and we're doing a big internal transition restructure. So if you were to ask me this in January, I could probably tell you everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Basically, the gist is, in order to be involved, people need to take a birth fit education course. Uh-huh. Um, and right now, the only education courses are the birth fit um, professional seminar or the birth fit coach seminar. And then they can become a birth fit leader. Right. Um, in 2020, there's going to be more routes of access to particular educations. But... Um, both of those, I would say, are um, like if you were to sign up for a college like Anatomy 101 or something, they're both like BirthFit Professional 101, BirthFit Coach 101. And um, they're really beautiful courses in that 
they look at the woman, the pregnant person as a whole, and focus on that transition. And specifically for professionals, let's say like chiropractors, PTs, doulas, OB-GYNs, midwife, this is the first time that that ever that I've you know witnessed is um, actually collaboration between all all parties. And we do group work in there and cases and <clears throat> basically we put as many different professions and groups as possible. Right. So there's a chiropractor, there's a PT, there's a doula, there's an OB-GYN, there's, and they're all working in collaboration for like one common goal, whatever case we give them. Um, and so I think it's an awesome foundational course for redirecting maybe, you know, what um, kind of gets away from us, especially when we get drowned in business and, right. you know, gets away from us is like serving the woman, serving the partner, serving the pregnant person, serving the family. And I think it's really refreshing to go back to let's or go to this course and go back to that intention. Right. Um, yeah. And so in there, there's um, movement sequences, there's uh, case studies, like I said, there's clinical applications. Um, and then the sky's the limit after that. Right. <laughs> but level courses. Awesome. And I yeah. love that because I think a lot of times at practitioners, we like feel like we're on these islands, Totally. you know, and versus like, there's all these different practitioners um, and people out there that all support women throughout this journey in different ways. And we should all be working together. Right. And we don't have to know everything. We don't have to do everything. Like I worked so close in which I'm kind of bumming. Um, I worked so close to this woman in LA that was uh-huh. really great with pediatrics and I would send the peds to her. Totally. She was me pregnant and postpartum. Like we were so focused on those, those populations. It was so beautiful. And that's um, so awesome because uh, like you said, neither of you had to do it all. You could right, just do right. you and then you have those awesome people in your back pocket. Right. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lindsay, tell us lastly, how can people stay in touch with you and BirthFit? Like what is the social media, like your newsletter, all that stuff? Um, yes. So we do have a general newsletter. Go to birthfit.com and you'll be able to sign up. If it doesn't pop up, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page. Um, and that's where we'll announce things first. Um, well, we technically announce them to our group, our group of leaders. And then... Right. Once we go the public route, it's through the newsletter. Then it's through social media. Um, so if we have any live events, if we have any you know new announcements as far as like let's say our restructuring of things, that will all go there. Um, yeah, follow us on Instagram at BirthFit, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group um, for anybody, parents, partners whoever. And it's, it's a really cool place. All you have to do is like ask to join. Right. Um, uh, and you can ask any questions in there and anybody, it's a really nice collective of parents. They'll try to help you out right away. Um, and I think those are kind of the main, main places. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time. I so appreciate it. This is so informative and it's, 
for myself too, one of my greatest passions. So I knew I had to get you on the podcast as soon as possible to just keep spreading the message of how women can be supportive and we can take better care of, you know, women through this motherhood transition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, much. Of course. So happy to have you and you guys, I will link all the different resources Lindsay mentioned for you guys. So you'll have to definitely check those out and look out to attend a birth fit training in 2020. Thanks lady. Thank you.